Welcome to episode 16 of Drop the Mitts Hockey Podcast, brought to you in partnership with Primetime Productions. I am with my co-host, Mikey Sullivan. I'm Chris Davis. Mikey, how you doing, buddy? What's up, dude? Um, oh my god, my mood these past this past week, week and a half has elevated so much. I mean, hockey's back. Uh, I spent all last night watching games. I spent we, me and you, we both went to uh, opening night for the Bruins. Yeah. Uh, we didn't see each other, but it was kind of like a like a spur of the moment thing. I was in Boston. It was like six thirty, and I was looking at tickets, and I was like, you know what? Like, I think I'm gonna. I think we're gonna go to this game tonight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we. Uh, so it was. Uh, it was Emma and my uh, anniversary that day, so we went to. Uh, we, we kinda, oh no, shit! Congratulations, yeah. dude. Let's go. Yeah. And so a year from that day, that's our wedding date too, mm-hmm. which is we kind of works out, so we don't have to fucking change anything, which is nice. Yeah. Um, but we ended up going into Boston about twelve o'clock, dude, and we were kind of buzzing around. We saw um, we saw Shan. Um, so yeah, shout out Shan. That was awesome. Um, Spent about an hour in the pro shop, dude. I like was fucking mesmerized. All the shit that they had, like, um, the jerseys are unreal. Like, yeah. I confirmed, I love all of them. All three. I don't have. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, panicked a little bit for sure. Um, it was a little bit overwhel- overwhelming, but ended up yep. going with a uh, James Van Riemsdyk jersey. Hell yeah. Uh, you know, I think there were two in that arena that day, and he was wearing one of them. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, dude, overall it was fun. We hit uh, we hit Tresca beforehand, which Ray yep. Borks—that's Ray Borks restaurant. Um, sat at that like the table seventy-seven, which like kind of overlooks the north end, mm-hmm. which is which was cool. And yeah, obviously the game was awesome. Like it, the crowd was bumping. Like the pregame. Pre-game ceremony, dude, gave me fucking oh, chills so the entire cool. time. Like, uh, we were sitting kind of right near where Ray Bork was, like where he came out. Yep. And because he was, I think he was in like club the club area or whatever, so we could we could see him. And uh, man, just seeing him like looking up at the screen, and then he was in tears. I was like, man, this is gonna be an awesome, awesome centennial year. Like, it, yeah, it's dude. Just, I know every game they're going to do some sort of shit where it's like celebrating whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was such a good game too. Yeah, dude. I mean, and, and uh, Phil Esposito, when he came out, dude, I think everybody had the same thought. I mean, he's in his 80s. He yeah. looks like he's in his 50s, dude. He looks amazing i he's look a stud. i look older than he does <laughs> we were just talking it must be it must be our duncan diet dude <laughs> but dude he looked so good and just to kind of you know be in the seats there for that ceremony and see all these legends just in the building all at once celebrating you know um their contributions to the organization through all the years of of dedication to boston bruins hockey and just absolutely legendary moments, legendary players. I mean, Johnny Busick, Phil Esposito, Ray Bork, Bobby Orr, Bergeron, Chara, Sean Thornton, Tim Thomas making an appearance, uh, Tuka Rask. I mean, go down the list. Um, even, the, even the guys who, you know, uh, played in the earlier era of Bruins hockey, like the 1910s, 1920s, 1930s, 1910s team didn't <laughs> become a thing until 1924 but you know what i mean like all the the, the first era now. <laughs> right yeah 
but like even those guys who who have passed on they had people in their family yeah. come down representing them and, and wearing their jerseys on the ice and everything and just to kind of see it all you know come into this one moment a hundred years of history all in the building at once was one of the most beautiful things and and i know yeah, me yeah. and you both being there it, it was it was something that is literally a once in a lifetime experience and we were both fortunate enough to be in the building with 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 all those guys and and be there for that moment yeah i had to take out a small loan for those tickets but <laughs> honestly well worth it i had to take out a small loan for these jerseys yeah. the jacob the jacobs cleaned up my wallet <laughs> they know what they're doing man yeah they do. but again yeah well worth it um the game itself dude even was was amazing like oh yeah i think they started out a little bit slow but i mean that's that's normal with uh you know having gone through a whole off season first game um what stood out to you in that game i, I know there was a couple things like that come to mind right away and uh, especially for me dude was the play of Johnny Beecher. Yep. Uh, and so and yeah, you know, I we're used to seeing the uh, pasta multi-goal game, you know, yep. all marks stood on his head. We we've seen that. I think I was most impressed by the play of Johnny Beecher. I, I yeah. dude, he made that he made that questionable hit. Yeah. And you know, Jason Dick, he's no fucking slouch, dude. I mean, he can no. he can he can toss him. He and, dude, uh, he, you meet him in a back alley and you're leaving with a bloody nose and a broken jaw, honestly. Yeah, you if you're, if you're not that alley. Yeah, if you're but, not uh, Johnny Beecher. Yeah. <laughs> but uh dude, and he like immediately answered the bell and I love yeah. that shit, dude. Like that yeah. just goes to show like he's fucking he's ready for the big stage. Like oh, he yeah. um it, uh, that line looked good. I think that was one of the really the only cons- the main like the most consistent line I think in my opinion. I mean, obviously they didn't score. I mean, Lucic had the assist on Pasta's goal. Um, but I think they were the most consistent line in that game. Yeah, no, I do too. And um, I even said something on, on Twitter, like, not really calling people out because I don't like to do that. But but you saw a lot of people kind of hating on the move, saying Lucic was going to slow that line down. He's, he's just a heavyweight. Like, like it's a terrible move. Uh, check the game notes, bud. One assist, a lot of time on ice, and that line yeah. was arguably, arguably that line was probably the best line that night. Um, yeah. definitely brought the energy, definitely brought brought a lot of buzz to the crowd. Um, but I mean, when I'm thinking about that game, dude, you're you're talking about a guy who the media won't stop talking about, Connor Bedard. Uh he is the real deal like he he's is legit. as he's, advertised oh as advertised dude. dude maybe more because every time he touched touched the puck you were worried that they were going to score and yeah. and like legit like you know because when you're in the building you get that feeling yeah. of like you can feel something kind of building and you're like oh shit like they might score here we need a big defensive play or a big hit or something but you notice him and there's not yeah. a lot of guys in the NHL that you can say that about, let alone a kid that's 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and obviously he scored his first goal, uh wraparound goal, first NHL goal on all market against the Bruins. Um, but there were moments too, like uh, Chicago was coming down on all mark on our end and you see him just toe drag the puck and whip it at the net. And, and, the thing comes off his stick at a million miles an hour, dude. He, yeah. Seeing him play is if 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 you're a legit hockey fan, as you know, everybody listening to this show probably is. Right. Um, you got you gotta. He's worth the price of admission. Definitely go go check him out next time you're able to. 
Yeah, you know, I he's very similar to, you know, like Connor McDavid, right? So, dude, the TV doesn't even do justice, right? How fast no. this kid is. Like, and I felt the same way about Connor McDavid until yep. I saw him in person moving, and I was like, mind blown how fucking fast these kids are. Like, so fast. I, and again, like for him, I was telling, you know, I was telling the guy next to me, I go, they, teams that play, Connor Bedard, and the same thing as McDavid. You cannot let him get going through the neutral zone. No, and and, and gain speed. And, and I think that's yeah. Everyone in the in the NHL is talented, obviously, but those guys. Because again, you just mentioned his release, right? Yep. He gains speed through the neutral zone. He gets an opportunity to shoot. There, there's pretty much there's a pretty good chance that puck's going in the net every yep. single time. And if not, it's going to create a phenomenal opportunity for a rebound. Yeah, dude. And dude, I I couldn't even believe it. I think there was one where he was going down the opposite way because we had we saw um we saw him twice. So it was the second period. He was going down, dude. And again, they let him gain speed through the neutral zone. They had Brandon Carlo was out there pretty much every time he was out there yep. for for a good reason. And again, I think it it was a line change. They let him gain speed. And I think we're talking about the same shot. He missed the net, dude. Yes. The thing came off of his stick, and I was like, if that goes on net, dude, like, that's probably going in the net. Yeah. Like, I was like, I couldn't even fucking believe it, dude. Dude, it, it, so I'm in the, and I was in the 13th row, section 308, literally basically up against the wall. And we're definitely talking about the same shot because it wasn't the second period and it was off a line change. Um, but you saw the quick little toe drag snapshot and it mm-hmm. missed the net. But when it hit the glass, dude, I swear to God, my ears rang and that I'm in the, was, I'm in the balcony. It was yeah, so dude, hard, dude. It was amazing. Like just watching, you know, and, 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 you know, he gets stroked off enough, you know, on yeah. TV and whatever. So we won't do that too much here, but you know, it, it was crazy to watch him and, uh, uh he's going to have a huge year, dude. He's, he's hitting over oh, 70 yeah. points. That's For without sure. a doubt in my mind. I will say too before we're done stroking him off. Um, <laughs> um, that was the first time I think I've heard a crowd collectively go like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. With a, to a shot that missed the net. <laughs> well, you know what? What, what was cool is the fact when he scored that wraparound goal, he got a good amount of cheers in that. In that, yeah, he, uh, he did. It wasn't. I mean, there there weren't boos by any means. No. Like I, I mean, where I was sitting, I I didn't hear. It was mostly cheers. Yep. I mean, I know his family was sitting second row uh, in the balcony, which check probably yeah. hasn't hit yet. But that's a crazy uh, move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, dude, it, it was such a good game. I I was in, there were so many things that impressed me. I loved how Patois played. Um, yep. you know, I think he started a little bit slow, maybe pregame jitters, whatever, but. Yep. I think overall, dude, he's yeah, we're one game out of nine right now, you know, for this for this trial. I can't see them sending him down, dude. I it would it yeah. wouldn't make sense to me. No, it really wouldn't. Especially if you look at the way that the roster is kind of, you know, built. The spot is here for him. And it's not like he's it's not like he's playing in this in this role because the Bruins necessarily need it, although that is a factor, but it's not the main driving factor. Yeah. He he took the opportunity and he earned it. Like it's not like he was given this role being like, "Hey, let's see what you can do." He earned it in the preseason and then he also I mean, he had a point. He had a point on the opening goal for Frederick's tip. Um so 
as long as he keeps playing the way that he's playing and he doesn't, you know, overthink things, get a little overwhelmed by the moment. Like I can't see a reason why Don Sweeney, Cam Neely, Montgomery would, would want to send him back to <laughs> for another year. I, yeah, I, no, can't, I, I can't see it. I, uh, and honestly, I think it's just a, he, he obviously was slated on that third line, which I, I don't hate that line, but I think as time goes on and as he gets more comfortable with the speed of the game, yeah. it's an adjustment, dude. He's coming from junior and he's right in the NHL. So he's got to get used to that speed. Um, the, the physicality, like, I mean, he's, he's going against grown ass men at this point. Right. Um, right. And I think you're going to, I still believe that he's going to end up on that first line with Marsh and DeBrusque. I, I think they're giving him time to adjust. I think they're giving him time to kind of get his feet wet. And I, I think by the time we're maybe a month, Two months into the year, we're going to be talking about Patois being on the on the first line with uh, with Marshy and DeBrusque. Yeah, dude. Like, and I was just out of curiosity, right? Because when was the last time? I don't know if you even have the answer to this question, but when was the last time that the Bruins had, um, you know, like a like a player come in and completely skip the AHL and play straight into the NHL? Because it wasn't Pasta. Pasta had time with Providence. Yeah, Twenty games. Yeah. Yep. Yep, he had time in Providence. McAvoy had time in Providence. Um, Sagan, maybe it might be. Yeah, Sagan. but he was he was scratched a good amount too at the beginning. Right, right. Uh, the for, names that come to mind like Joe Thornton, maybe, maybe, yeah. And that was so long ago. Yeah, like, like that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. when was the last time that a kid came in with with this much skill, this much speed, um, looking this comfortable? Yeah. In in a legit pro regular season NHL game, I yeah, can't no, I remember. Agree, I can't remember. And he looked good. Like I said, he you know I think he had some some mental lapses in the defensive zone, which that's going to come with time and that's going to come yep. with experience. And um, but it's it's good, dude. The more ice time he gets, the better he's going to be for it. Yeah, um, and it's funny because I'm looking that up right now. I don't know his exact ice time. I can tell you in a second. But Patra played. 14 minutes, 50 seconds. So as a third line center, that's as a third line center. Um, he also had two fifty-two power play time on ice. So, yeah. I mean, they're, they're using him really well. And I think you're right in the fact that, you know, he's probably, as long as he keeps playing this way, he's probably going to bounce up a line or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, I, I like what they're doing with him. I like how they're utilizing him. Um, you know, don't overwhelm him right away. Starting him on the third line, I think, was the best move that Jim Montgomery could pick. Um, and it's not like he's playing alongside slouches either. He's got Trent Frederick and Morgan Geeky loved on his Geeky line. Played. Yeah, Geeky played well. And, and, and um, you know, you're not looking for massive offensive production out of Geeky. You're just right. looking for a solid guy who can be relied on defensively, put a couple in the net when he can, and, and just be that 200-foot player that he is while also – you know, being a bigger body too, and, and, and using that to his advantage alongside Frederick, who is, I I think personally is for sure going to get past 20 goals this year for sure. And I think I, I'm more so sure of that at the fact of if Charlie Coyle goes back down to that third line, they start playing together. Now you're adding a guy like geeky. I think he gets 20 goals. I like, yeah. I mean, I, I loved how Coyle and uh, Freddie played last year. And I think, I think that's what you're going to ultimately end up seeing um, for balanced lines. Like Coyle and Freddie obviously have 
very good chemistry together. They have that experience playing with each other. And yeah, yeah I, I think without a doubt he hits 20. Um, I know it's early, but barring injury, I mean, the ice time that he's getting, the opportunity that he's now getting again, like I, de- I could definitely see it. And, wh- and one other thing that I wanted to bring up about uh, Patois is I don't know if you got a chance to watch the power play close, but one thing that I that I noticed were they moved the puck really well, but I think one thing that they're really missing and one thing that they're so used to is having Patrice Bergeron in that bumper spot. A, yep. right, a right-handed shot. There were, I want to say, like three or four passes that they tried to make that would have been perfect for a right-hand shot in that bumper spot. Yep. And, and it just, again, it, Zaka was there. It was He's a lefty, and it went out of the zone. Yep. What I'm curious about is, at some point, do you think they put Patois in that bumper spot? And, that I mean, that way you're adding a right-hand shot again in that, in that bumper position? And I don't know. Like, I know it's going to come with time, and, like, they'll work on the power play. You know, they've, they've had Zaka there. But one thing I'm curious about is maybe they put – Patois in that spot like that way you're getting a right-hander he's got a good shot I wouldn't be surprised by I think it's something that could work yeah no that's a good point because that was something that was kind of you know that was evident like you said there were a couple passes there where they were just kind of expecting that righty to be there and the pass is a little a little you know too far away where it bounced off the boards and out of the zone but I mean Patra played just under three minutes power play time anyways um and you're right he's got the shot and if you put him on the bumper spot, I mean, he's creative enough to find that open lane, create space himself and find the open guy. Um, that's a good, I, I would like that actually. I, and, and especially for a guy like Patra too. I mean, give him that opportunity. Even if it doesn't work right away, give him the chance, see what he can do. Yeah. Um, obviously the 19 years of Bergeron being in the bumper spot is yeah, kind of like muscle memory at that point for, right. for the guys who've been playing with him. So just to have that righty there. Um, yeah, I like it. And and I actually, now that you say it, I, I want to see it and I just want to see what it would look like in that yeah. dynamic. Um, Cause I mean, you're, you're bumping Zaka. You, it's not a demotion. I mean, you, no, you, no. you want two balanced power plays, right? You want two balanced units and adding Zaka to that second unit. Put him in the le- in the in the bumper spot in the second unit as a lefty. Switch yeah. it up a little bit. I mean, I I think it's something that could work, and and we'll see if we see it at some point. I mean, it's I I would just be curious if if it actually works. Yeah, I yeah, know. I like the idea, dude. I like the and then you get and then you can get Patra time with with studs like Pasta, Marshawn, McAvoy. Like bump those points. You know up. what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> get those. Yeah, stack, pad those stacks, dude. Dude, listen, my dynasty, he's already up to like 35 points in like 12 games. So we'll see. How <laughs> oh, goes. Jesus Christ. Would you make him a 99? <laughs> 100 poise. Yeah, I was going to say the poise has to be up there, dude. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's that's pretty much our Bruins talk. Um, I yep. mean, we could go on all day, man. I, I, I'm still trying to decide if I'm going the game tomorrow. So yeah. that's up in the air. I'm sure I will. But we we had some pretty big news uh, across the NHL this week. Yeah. Um, as far as contracts for coaches and players, um, Owen Power signed a seven-year, $58.45 million deal, which is $8.35 um, annual average value. What What were your thoughts on this deal uh, as soon as you heard it? I know you're a big Buffalo guy, so yeah, I, I do. I feel like this is a steal. It's a steal. It's it's similar to, um, the, uh, what's his name, in, in Ottawa, Sanderson, the deal that he got. Um 
it, I, I think it's smart for both the player and the team. Um, I saw I saw people online saying like, why would Owen Power do this? Why would Owen Power sign this deal? Like you could make so much more money with the cap going up, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, keep in mind, seven, who knows what happens in seven years? Maybe he gets hurt. Maybe he who ends knows? up missing a Dude, lot of games. Who knows what happens tomorrow? Right, exactly. So it's like, as, as a kid, you're what do you? What's he gonna do? Say no to fifty eight million dollars? Like, come on, dude. Yeah, I I saw I I'm pretty sure I know exactly who you're talking about. I saw those same tweets, dude. And it's like yeah. the kid is twenty years old, making fucking sixty sheets on this next on this next deal. Like, who the fuck is gonna say no to that? So what are you gonna like? Yeah, you could bank on yourself, I guess. But like, injuries happen. Fucking right. life happens. Who fucking knows? His family is now taken care of for the rest of their lives, for his life, the next generation. Like, again, this is a perfect deal for them, and it, it's a good deal you mentioned for Buffalo. Yep. It, it feels like one of those things that they're all kind of buying in yep. to this, right, to this this system that they're doing, this what they're trying to build. Yeah. I mean, Darlene, I think, was well worth 11. Yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think the Darlene deal was good, especially the cap's going to jump. So, I mean, that's, that's a guy, that's your cornerstone piece. Rasmus yeah. Stalin, he's your cornerstone. So and you got to pay forget, a guy like that. People forget what Tage Thompson's making, right? Right. Right. Like let let let's be real here. Tage Thompson at some point could probably be making eleven sheets. Yep. A year. Yep. And, and I think too for for in, in terms of like, you know, upcoming contracts for the Buffalo Sabers, I think now that your your future captain in Darlene is in at that eleven mil. Um, I think that's your benchmark. I think yeah. everybody on that team knows that nobody's going to be making more than that. That That's the benchmark. That's your right. cornerstone piece, and everyone follows his lead. And if they if they think they can make more than that on the open market, then I, I, I guess go try it. But like, like we've seen in Boston and other teams too, like Pittsburgh especially, if you want to create that winning culture and, and, and become a you know, perennial – cup contending team you need to buy in as a team and do it as a team and that starts with the contracts and the way buffalo is doing it right now i think is very 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 smart um like you said it does seem like they're all buying in into the system into the team mentality and i think this is the core group of the sabers that you're going to see for years to come and sure like dalian probably could have asked for more power definitely could have asked for more but at the end of the day, fifty-eight million dollars is plenty of plenty of money. Um, yeah. And and you, I personally, I would think you would want a balance of winning, achieving your, you know, childhood dreams of winning a Stanley Cup, and you know, doing it together with a group that's bought in, like these guys seem to be trending towards. So yeah. I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's it's. I love that shit, dude. Like, I love the fact that everyone's buying in. They just want to yep. win, dude. It's very similar to, like, Bruins teams that we've seen in the past that, you know, that we've been so close with and whatever. Like, yep. that's exactly what they did. Like, but everyone bought in. Marshan's making a little bit over six mil a year. Pasta was ma- – let's not forget, Pasta was making less than seven mil. His first, Like, that's – to get that kind of talent on that kind of deal, they wanted to buy in. Obviously, it didn't work out last year. And, you know, we're in a new direction, but that's exactly the approach they took. Yeah. And it almost worked. I mean, they were, you know, I mean, it didn't work out the way we wanted it to, but they were a fucking damn good team. 
Yeah, and even in, in, in that in that, you know, um in that mindset, everybody knows the Stanley Cup is probably the hardest trophy to win in sports because everybody knows with playoff hockey, anything can happen. I mean, you saw the Florida Panthers last year make playoffs on the last day and go all the way to the cup. Yeah. So I think in terms of buying in and, and just giving yourself the best chance to actually get to the pinnacle of your dreams, that's that's kind of you know what it is. Like you have to set yourself up for that chance. And and they did that and they've done that for the past 15 years. Yeah. Um they got to what three Stanley Cups, won one of them. Um, but it's just more of giving yourself the opportunity to even, you know, have a seat at the table. And and that's what it's all about. Yeah, and let's let's also give Buffalo credit here too. Like they've done yep. yeah, they've been bad for a long time. <laughs> but at, at the we know that you have to be able to draft well too. Like not yep. nothing is nothing is a lock. Like right. you still have to be able to to pick the right guys, pick the the most talented that in their opinions, and, and I think they've done that. I mean, Darlene yeah. at that point in the draft, he was a lock at number one. I mean, yep. but you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe they have a def- different GM that, that thinks someone else is better. You know, like it, it takes, there's a bunch of moving parts. You have to be able to draft. Well, you have to have the players buy in. You have to have good code. I mean, like it goes on and on. Um, yeah. Um, like just to even talk about that, right? Like the, let's see here. So I'm looking at Buffalo's just throughout their history, you know, draft picks and, and where they made their selections. Um, Let's see. Isaac Rosen, 14th overall. Good pick. Um, J- uh, JJ Paterka, 34th nice, overall pick. Nice goal really last good. night. Yep. Yeah, nice goal last night. Um, let's see here. Picard, 94th overall. That's a good pick. Uko Pekka uh, Lukanen, he was a 54th overall pick. I mean, the, the, Casey Fitzgerald, 2016, 86. Um, He's no longer with the team. Yeah, No longer with the team. But, I mean, if you look through their history, they they have, you know, uh, they, they pick the right guys in the right spots. Um, and you're right. You can be bad, and that doesn't guarantee that you're going to automatically be good in the next five, ten years. Like, mm-hmm. you need to also <laughs> make some value picks and, and – Lean on your scouts and your front office guys who you can trust on, and they they they've done that, and you're seeing it pay off in dividends right now. Yeah, for sure. And and to pivot a little bit with, to talk about another defenseman who actually just few minutes or you know right before we started the show we were talking about it. Um, Elliot Friedman reported that Devin Taves and Colorado Avalanche are getting closer to an extension, um, and. I'm curious what this number is going to look like because that's another team that has done this exact thing that we're talking about and having everyone buy in. Right. And I'm curious what his deal is going to look like because I think you and I both know it's going to be a number way less than what we thought he was going to get and probably way less than, than he would get on the open market. Right. What, what, what do you think that deal could, could maybe look like? For for Devin Taves, well, I mean, you got to think he's. Would you consider him more offensive, or would you consider him two way? No, he's a two way. He, he's way. a okay. two way. I think. I think what makes him so special is more so his defensive ability. Yes, um, while, while also being that while also guy. having yeah having that ability, like he can jump in the play and he can create offense. But I think what he's most known for and his staple is his defensive game. Yeah. 
Like, I mean, I'm looking at his numbers. I mean, last season he played 80 games, put up 50 points. The season before that, 66 games, 57 points, um, while also being a, a positive player, obviously, with that Colorado team. But if the Avalanche can lock him up, say, and talk about another team that, that could, you know, um, benefit from guys, you know, uh, locking in and, and taking a little bit of a cheaper deal in order to create a successful team. I think Devin Taves is one of those guys. So depending on the term, um, he's what? He's 28, 28, I think, 29, something like that. But he's probably looking to end that this contract to end his career, right? Take it right to the end. So maybe like five, six years, uh, six, six and a half, six and a half. I think that's a, it's low. I, yeah. I mean, but but again, that's what we're that's what we're saying though is is because when say we were talking about that Owen Power deal, right? Like right. two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and I would have told you, yep, he's going to sign a a seven year deal, and it's going to be eight point three five a year. I think you would look at me and go, "You're fucking crazy." There's no way that he signs that. I'd call you nuts. Yeah, <laughs> right. So like again, who really knows? Like yeah, to us right now, we're talking about this right on. October 13th, Friday, like tomorrow, dude, we could be looking at this deal saying the exact same thing as we did with the Owen Power deal. Like they're looking to buy in. They want to create that culture. They already have created that culture. They've been a damn good team for however many years now. And this is a guy that I I could see him signing like this, like a six, six and a half, seven, maybe. And, you know, like he wants to maybe end his career in Colorado, like they they've built a winning culture there and and i i wouldn't be the least bit surprised at this point especially after seeing this all in power deal right and and you got to think too for him i mean coming up on his age 30 season next year um he's he's at this point in his career like you've you've made your money right mm-hmm. you still want to make money but you don't have to sign that you know massive deal you at this point I would think he wants to win again. He wants to win another cup, solidify a legacy in Colorado with guys like Makar, um, Landis Cog, if he you know comes back and is healthy, McKinnon, Rantanen. Yeah. yeah, be a part of that core group and be remembered as that group that you know led this era of Colorado Avalanche hockey. Um, and talk about a guy who who's underrated a little bit too. I feel like Always when you think is. about Colorado, dude, you don't really think about Devin Taves, and he's a He's a top pairing defenseman on probably all 32 teams. Yeah. Um, and, and he's just a guy that flies under the radar. And that's probably because he plays, you know, with Kale McCarr, who, who, you know, shadows him a little bit, almost like Malkin to Crosby. Right. right. Um, but if, if they can sign him to a, you know, a, a deal, I'll even say under, under seven and a half, then great deal win. for Colorado. Yeah. Unbelievable deal for Colorado. Yeah, I agree. That and again, he just yeah, he flies under the radar so much. Like I think what what it reminds me of is why people don't consider Charlie McAvoy a top five defenseman right now, right? Yeah. He's obviously super talented. He plays that two way game though. And yeah. that's not that's not sexy to a lot of people. They don't you know, people want to see the the numbers and the goals and the they, yep. That's, I mean, we saw it last year with the Norris Trophy. Win, I was just, and, I was just gonna say, it's not gonna yeah. win you a Norris. Yeah, <laughs> but, but again, I mean, the 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 re- the real hockey fans that appreciate 
every type of player, right? The the right. two way the two way defensemen kind of go under the radar, right? I mean, I would say he's top ten, top fifteen defenseman. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think top ten would be. I, I'm more so leaning in that ten to fifteen range, but I'd yeah. be curious what other people what people think. I don't have the list. I like this is right from the uh, top of my head. I probably would put him in that ten to fifteen range. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would maybe even maybe even high, maybe even like eight, nine, ten. Yeah, because you got to think, right? I mean, you got. Kale McCarr, Adam Fox, Adam Fox, Charlie McAvoy, Miro Heiskanen, uh, Roman Yossi, Victor Hedman. Uh, oh, this is not going to be a good look. If we Devin Taves, I mean, <laughs> seriously, though, I mean, Dougie yeah. Hamilton doesn't really move the needle. He, I wouldn't say he's not top 10. I mean, I wouldn't say he's top 10. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm looking, I, dude, I, I'm looking at like. Morrissey, he's another one Morris, of those guys. Yeah, Morrissey. Morrissey's another one of those guys that doesn't get a lot of a uh, lot of love. Jacob Truba uh, is one of my favorite players in the league. <laughs> dude, he's so fun to watch. I love I watching him fucking well, bury people. He was giving it to our boy uh, Benson last night, that. dude. I saw that he wanted to drop the mitts. <laughs> I know yeah, he did. <laughs> dude, Zach was like, "I don't know if that's. I don't know if he wants those problems. Not no, yet, dude. Like, not yet, I, dude, no. Truba's a Truba's a big boy." Uh, but yeah, you know, you mentioned that I'm going down looking at Eric Carlson probably is still up there. Quinn Hughes. Uh, dude. Yeah, he could be top 10. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would say he's top 10 for who's sure. A, you know, who's a guy kind of not to get like off tangent or whatever. Surge- it, it. Miguel Sergachev, dude. Yep. He is blossoming into like about to be the number one defenseman for Tampa. Yeah, no, Sergeyev is nasty. Also, and, we're dumb. Why did we not mention Darlene? We were just talking about him. <laughs> also, did you see his cut hip the, check? Cut that out. <laughs> yeah, oh my dude. god, his hip dude, his hip check. Dude, I dude. posted it on uh on the Drop the Mitts TikTok and like dude, people we got so many comments like holy shit, like how did the dude made one move in and Darlene already knew he was like, Yep, you're going. Yeah. Dude, he must have been playing a shit ton of NHL twenty four. Yeah. <laughs> Taking some notes. Dude, if he did that in the garden, they would have been up in the Rafters Club. Literally. <laughs> yeah, NHL. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. But that game yeah. oh I, I mean, again, kind of getting off tangent a little bit, but that game was getting chippy. That Rangers Sabres game, there was a shift where the Rangers look fucking good. They do, dude. And there was there was a shift where there were about twelve hits for each team. I yeah. think it was Jordan Greenway got his helmet knocked off, and then the puck goes back into the Rangers zone, and uh, Truba gets hit, and he gets his helmet knocked off. Place is going nuts. It was just like it was one of those moments where I was like, oh my god, like hockey's back. You know what that, I mean? Like it was just like, let's go. That could, in time turn into a phenomenal rivalry in this oh yeah league. could be it could be this year it could be especially if buffalo starts making some noise yeah i could see that being a very good rivalry dude and uh i mean i mean you got devin levi versus shesterkin you got panarin versus thompson zabanajad talk like you got stars on the team truba dalene power fox fuck uh, i mean um i was yeah. gonna say one more thing too um 
Oh, the the last four meetings before last night, those games all went to extra time too. So they're neck and neck. Yeah, you know, you saw you you got the usual production right from and Mika Javanajad making unbelievable plays. Chris Kreider putting the puck in the net. But one thing that is different and that can put this team over the top is if you yep. start to see Alec, uh, Lafreniere and Kako yep. start to start to play the way that they should be. And, and I think they're going to get a much better opportunity under Laviolette. Yep. And you saw it, uh, Alex Lafreniere put the puck in the net and he yep. scored, he scored the first goal. And I, again, I, they deserve to have these opportunities. Like you're spending top three, top three picks on these guys. Like, you're not going to bury him on the third line. I, I think you're going to start seeing these these kids get opportunities, and and I really hope they pop, man, because they've gotten so much shit over the past what since they've been drafted that they're since, bust, yeah. whatever. Like, and I was happy to see him score. I know our our boy Johnny uh, Lazarus is going to be uh, happy to hear that, but yeah, he, he was <laughs> yeah. all he was all fired up on Twitter, dude. But yeah, yeah it was it was a good game. I, I was not impressed with Buffalo. I yeah, they didn't look good. You know, it's it's <laughs> it's it's game one. I mean, obviously, let's we'll I'll pump the brakes. But man, it, I don't know if it was just Buffalo was that bad or the Rangers were that good. And and again, too way too early to tell. They looked good, man. The, Meek uh, Jabanajad's play like uh, on Kreider's last goal. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. They just know exactly where they're going to be at all times. Like they, they have such good chemistry. I mean, talking about how it's early in the season, and obviously you can't be, you know, making assumptions about teams, right? Uh, the Edmonton Oilers got absolutely dummied by the Vancouver Canucks. They got waxed. Eight to, Bro, eight to one. Dude, Brock, Brock Besser, Besser had four goals. Uh, by the way, he was still available in fantasy, and I best believe I snagged him. Damn. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you think do you, Vancouver is such an interesting team to me, dude? I don't. They know. have they have the piece. This is the thing, dude. They don't on paper. They don't have the greatest team. Like again, we've already gotten whispers about Connor Garland possibly being moved. Right. How true that is, I don't really know. I feel like it's every friggin' year we're talking about Connor Garland. To Boston, Connor Garland, yeah. to, like again, I, I just they have good pieces in place, dude. Like, you know, we, we talk about well, is is Elias Pettersson going to sign a long term deal? I mean, yeah, just because they they didn't give him the captaincy, that doesn't mean he's automatically gone, right? Like, who right. knows? Like, who knows? Maybe he just wasn't fit. Like, and I don't know. I, I you might see a similar situation in Boston. Like, yeah, Poss is probably their best player, but is he going to wear the C? Probably not. Right. Let's be real. Let's just, be real. It's going to be like, I think, yeah. Like, like your best player doesn't have to be the captain. Exactly. Like, like the person who leaves by example should yeah. be the captain. Exactly. And like, again, they have Quinn Hughes is fucking gross. Yeah. Thatcher Demko threw up in his own helmet. Yeah. Like, <laughs> did you hear about that? Yeah. He had the flu, dude. And he fucking blew chunks. <laughs> and he kept playing. I know. And he kept going. That's yeah, a that's hockey awesome. guy. Yeah, that's, that's a hockey a, guy. Hockey guy for sure. But, uh, um, but yeah, dude. I mean, the, Canuck, the Canucks are probably one of the most interesting teams to me. Uh, same with the Jets and the Flames. Those, I think those three teams um, are kind of wild cards on how they perform this year. Uh, I mean, especially Calgary, too. If Huberto can kind of get back to his game. Um, who knows what happens with them, but 
this is see this is this is the good thing about early on in the regular season is that you can kind of see these teams who you don't have a good you know uh feeling i guess about like you don't really know how they're going to perform Th- those are the most exciting teams to watch cuz as time goes on you'll be able to be like you know okay like you can see them clicking or you can see them like ooh like this doesn't look good like they're just not they're not the chemistry's not good. The 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 yeah. vision isn't good. You can just tell if teams are clicking or not. And I mean, clearly the Canucks were clicking. The Flames also won. Um, the Jets. I mean, the Jets are the Jets. They, did we talk about Hellebuck and and uh, we did and, we did those, yeah yeah I think I think actually they signed those two extensions like right before we recorded. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yes, we did. Yeah. yeah, we did touch on that. That's right. Yeah, That's which right. two phenomenal deals again, like you lock your two pieces like they're not going anywhere unless no. they put unless they decide to trade them which i don't know did they yeah to, not to get off tangent again because that's we both have severe adhd but <laughs> so i don't know like do they sign those deals to be more appealing to teams come like deadline time like they're under good contracts you're not running the risk of them or of shifley at least hitting free agency like he's locked up is that more appealing to teams going forward? Like, may, you have to look at it from both sides. Like, yeah, it's a great deal if they stay with the team. It's it's right. great money. It's it's a win-win for both teams. But I still, in the back of my mind, think they could be on the move. And I think it's this the beginning of this year, and up until like halfway through the year is gonna is gonna play a huge part in that. I, I think it's um gonna depend on where they are in the standings, right? If they're and I think they probably had that conversation with Shifley and Hellebuck too, saying, you know, we'll sign you guys if we, because there were so many rumors this off season, like there, there's definitely truth behind it. It has to be, yeah. but I think uh, where they are right now, I think they're going to see where they end up and they probably made, you know, a, a behind closed doors agreement with those two, where if the season doesn't go as planned and they're a trash bag team and they're not going to make playoffs, then they'll move them. But if not, then they kind of have the they kind of have the pieces anyways to make playoffs. So they're yeah. they're such a weird, bizarre team. They are so weird. Yeah, you those three teams you mentioned, like you know, between Calgary, Vancouver, and, and Winnipeg, it's it's a toss-up, dude. Like one of those teams could catch fire, like one could turn into a dumpster fire. Like it it's so it's going to be such a dog fight in that division, dude. Like for, yep. you know, I think wild card spots, it'll, it'll be a fun division to watch. I think. Yeah. 100%. Um, especially if, if they're all doing well, like just better for the league. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know, dude, like that. Yeah. Vancouver looked fucking good. Brock Besser ripped it up, dude. Yeah. Brock Besser had four goals. Um, you know, we're talking about opening night. Austin Matthews had a hat trick. Yep. Um, there was also something else I wanted to touch on too. No, that was it. Um, but again, yeah, a lot of goals being scored. Like, and yeah, Vancouver is good, man. They're gonna be fun to watch. I love Pedersen. I know Pedersen I is love so good. Pedersen, dude. And uh, I don't know. I, I I have a feeling Vancouver would be kind of kind of silly, right, to let him let him walk. Oh, hundred percent, a hundred percent. I would lock him up. Like, I'd lock him up. No, no doubt. Yeah. But um, so you know, as far as that's as far as players go. 
Lindy Ruff signed a multi-year extension to to stay the head coach of the Devils. So kind yep. of flipping to the to the coaching side of things. Yeah, I love and- that too, dude. I love Lindy Ruff and that Devils team. They're they're gonna be they're gonna be a wagon this year. Yeah, and I mean throwback to what was it the the. I think it was opening night last year at the Prudential Center and all the fans were chanting fire Lindy. And I'll never forget the camera pans over to him. And he's (laughs) like, he like tapped one of his assistant coaches on the shoulder. He's like, are they saying like fire me? Like what did did I do? He's on the Um, bench just going. Yeah. yeah, Bring it. it. I don't hear you. Um, But I mean, talk, the Devils are so good, dude. The the Devils. Did you see, did you see Jack Hughes' goal from literally no angle last yeah. night? I think it was his second goal. Yeah, it, behind was... the net when he hit it off of um, um, what's his face? Was Schmid playing? Was Schmid in net? No, Vanacek? Vanacek. it was Vanacek. Bounced it off of Vanacek's head into the net. Um, oh, no, was, you know... no, he's the goalie for the Devils. I meant, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I just got my teams mixed up. Gordon they were playing the net. they were playing the Red Wings. Yeah. They were playing the Red Wings, but um it was Huso, I Huso. think. Yeah, it was Huso. Um I was watching that game too. Detroit, Detroit looks pretty good. I mean, they're 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 a quick team. Uh Debrinkit looked really good too. Debrinkit was fire in the park. I know I, I know I know that hurts. I know it, that hurts me to say. It did hurt. It hurt <laughs> my soul to say that, but he looked good. Um and I think that, I think it was ESPN, right? They they brought up a stat. He he's uh, I think it was over the past three seasons, he's fifteenth in the league in goals. So I mean, the guy can fire the puck. It's just the fact that he's just a a little like soft. Yeah. It just annoys me. I he's think good. Yeah, I think him and uh him and Larkin are gonna have really good chemistry together. Um, yeah, I think so yeah, too. They, that's good. Um, but yeah, kind of. I think with that Detroit team, you're gonna see significant bounce back years from yep. Mo Sider and Lucas Raymond. Okay. I mean, they obviously hit their, you know, that sophomore slump pretty, pretty normal, you know, and I, I think you're going to see huge years from them bounce back years. Yeah, uh, I do too. And it surprised me. I don't, I don't know why. Um, but uh, in terms of Lucas Raymond, right. I feel like he's been in the league for like at least like six years. Yeah, this is only his third, third season. Oh yeah, and and like people are talking about him as if he's like this giant bust. And it's, it, you know what I mean? He had a look at what he did his rookie year, dude. I know, no, I know, no. I know. But you still hear people saying that, like, yeah. And I think that's more of Detroit fans just being frustrated that they've been, you know. A below average team for for a long time now, and that's not what that franchise usually is. Yeah. So I think their their expectations, um, in terms of like their timeline of being back to su- being a successful team, is behind the eight ball a little bit. And I think he's I think he's just one of the whipping boys for them. But yeah. if 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 I if I would heed a warning to Detroit fans not to do that because he's kind of nasty. And I think also. Um, Philip, uh, the Philip Zadina thing for Detroit didn't work out too well. I think he had, that he had a goal yeah, last night. He had a goal last night, but I don't know why you would go after Raymond. I, if anything, look at Zadina. You know, like, <laughs> well, Zadina was getting it pretty good while he was there. Right. Um, right. Detroit kind of reminds me of a Buffalo Sabers, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Where I think they've been kind of at the bottom for for some time now 
And I think you're going to start seeing a lot of these picks um, hit, right? Yeah. Like, I, yeah. you know, yeah, sophomore slump for those two. We haven't even brought up Simone Edvinson, yeah. who, I don't know, he, he's damn good defenseman, Swede. They got him seventh overall. Um, Marco Casper. Yeah. Again, they have all these all these draft picks, and I think you're going to start seeing they're going to hit, right? And they've already got a pretty good core in place with, you know, your, your top line with Debrinkit and Larkin. Like, I think you're going to start seeing some some good things from Detroit as long yeah, as they I don't fucking too. drive their, their players out of town, right? Right, right, yeah. So, but, yeah, I, I mean, think – just trust the Iser plan. Yeah, they're – they're they're so wishy washy on that. Like one day when they like, oh, the eyes are playing. It's working. They lose <laughs> one game and they want to fucking can the guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, oh, there in my notes. Oh, I wanted I wanted to talk to you. So I saw your your predictions. Right, I I gave mine as well. Yeah, and I was reading. You know, uh, Mikey Grinelli over at uh, Spit and Chicklets gave his and and one take that he gave that i like am now like convinced of yeah. is jack hughes for the heart i'm dude i'm like sold i because think about it dude if this team bounces back right yeah. which i think they will i mean they're top of the they're going to be top of the metro in my opinion and he puts up he's going to be good for over 100 points Easy. yeah yeah yeah, I mean, dude, you have to you have to think it's going to be a serious like, I don't know, like it's a, it's a hot it's a hot take, yes, because you know he he's going to be competing with the Connor McDavid's of the world, Austin yep. Matthews, like he should I, be in that conversation. Though. He's got and and again, two goals. He he makes plays at will, dude. Like he yeah. again, he skated that last goal that he scored with no fucking angle. Palak gave him the gave him. The, you know, gave him the puck at the at the hash, dude, and he, and he skated the entire way up and, and shot with absolutely no angle. Yeah, I don't know if he keeps if he keeps making plays like that. I, that's a serious like. And then you got to just think about the situation that he's in. Like if right. say New Jersey finishes top of the Metro, like you you got to at least he's going to be a huge part of that. And I think we kind we talked about it on one of the earlier episodes. Like, how do you define? most valuable player right yeah like, dude because i'm trying to think right because obviously obviously it's turned into kind of mcdavid's trophy to lose every year just because obviously he's points uh, yeah points yeah points um but also just the fact that he's so consistent doing it too it's almost like expected so it would have to be a crazy year for jack hughes and that's not saying that he needs to score more points than mcdavid that's not that's not what I'm saying, but I think in order for him to, you know, surpass McDavid to win the heart this year, he would have to consistently on a nightly basis, get a point or two, um, maybe put in maybe eh, close to 10 game winning goals. Um, really just drive that team and be the, the, the horse for them. Even if he's 15 to 20 points less than McDavid, if New Jersey can win the division, say New Jersey has an overall better record than Edmonton at the end of the day, then he has an argument. Um, It's just, it's so, so hard at the end of the day to 
justify picking him over McDavid right now just because McDavid has that pedigree. You know what I mean? And I know, like, again, yeah, we're only one game in, but we know exactly. McDavid has shown that consistency that he's going to score 120 points a year. Right. It's going to. If he if he doesn't get injured, that's like the only way, in my opinion, that he doesn't. If he doesn't play, right, um, right. But yeah, again, I I think. What does it take? You think like forty goals over a hundred points? Uh, very For similar Jack to what Hughes? he did last year. But again, is is well, the, the thing is how many how many do you think McDavid is going to put up? Because if it's more than a thirty point gap, 50. then wait, how many points? <sighs> points, yeah, not goals, points. Right off the bat, my my mind goes straight to over 120. Okay. Because last year, Jack Hughes had 99 points. Um, that's a big gap. And that's, that's what I'm saying. So, like, if it's more than – I'll even add- go to say if it's more than a 25-point gap, then I don't think you can justify it. Unless Edmonton is just trash and they're, they're like, third in the division, like and, – and the Devils win the division by a margin. Depends. But remember what Taylor Hall did when he when he won right. a heart. You know what I right. mean? Like it's so. I don't know. Like yeah, I think I think for him to they have to win the division, right? They have to win I the th- division. I think yeah. that's a no brainer. That's the only way that you're going to take it from McJesus. Yeah, and and, then, and on the, on the opposite end of the spectrum too, Edmonton can't finish first in 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 the division. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. No, I got I got you. Yeah. I, I was curious. I saw that take and I was like, that it makes a lot of sense. It does. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like we're getting to a point where it's like McDavid, 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 McDavid. And at some point, I feel like they're going to just voters. And again, I have never been in the situation where I have to vote. But you would maybe think one day. They, yeah, you wonder if they look at like, like, Jesus, like this guy's going to take home another fuck. He's not going to have any room in his, in his fucking in his house. <laughs> and, uh, I, I mean, I was I was interested by that. I was like, well, it could make sense, but I think I we touched on it. They have to win the division, and I think he has to be within a, a less than a twenty point margin yeah. of points than McDavid. What I don't know. I if, I'm gonna I'm gonna post this. I'm I'm gonna clip this and see like what people think because I'm 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 honestly curious like what people think it would take. Yeah. No. I I that's a good idea. I want to hear people's opinions, but. If you could pick your three favorites for the heart right now, who would it be? McDavid, obviously. Yep. I think Austin Matthews. Yep. And Jack Hughes. Yep. Yep. I'm. Those are my three. Yeah, <laughs> those I, I, those I are think, literally my three. Yeah, I think there's. I mean, obviously, there's there's other players that are gonna make you know make a run at it. Yep. But I think right now, if you had to, if you had gun to my head, three names. That's that's what I'm going with. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think I think Post is going to be in that in that conversation. I think he goes for fifty again this year. Oh yeah. Um, McKinnon obviously is Nate McKinnon is Nate McKinnon. Yeah. Um, Kucherov looks like he's back to form. Like you, he could have a a strong argument too with the with the Vasilevsky injury if Tampa's able to, you know, power through that the way that the Bruins did last year when we were when we were without. Hey, McElroy what about what about a guy like Tage Thompson? Tage Thompson, he's he's definitely in the running. Although he would have to put up like astronomical numbers, I think. I think um, they'd have to take that division too. Yeah, yeah, they would also have to take the division. I think honestly, I think any player who's going to win the heart this year, 
is going to have to come from a team that wins their division just because there's so much yeah. parity around the league and so many stud players. Um, it's going to have to take that extra, you know, step team wise to, to really justify them winning that trophy. Um, but that's the exciting thing about the NHL right now too. It's that there's so many, there are so many options for every trophy. Um, there, there's so many teams that are right on the bubble too, of making playoffs or not mm-hmm. making playoffs. Um, yeah. there's really only a handful of teams that are like dumpster fires, right? Like Philly dumpster fire although they're gonna play hard every night just because they're under torts and torts doesn't want to tank uh, the sharks are trash if and i can of that like if i could else? stop you you brought up philly and actually just triggered in my mind yeah i could not be more disappointed in garnett hathaway and oh. the, hit, the hit that he threw on zach Rowenski, dude yeah comes to boston right he's always been that player that kind of toes the line right yeah that was but bad, when he though. came to boston dude he Again, he played very well. Like he, yeah, he would get in scrums every so often when it was warranted. But like, come on, man, as a hockey player, and not to mention a dude with a history of fucking. And I know the game is so fast, so he probably wasn't thinking that. Yeah. But again, dude, a knee on knee hit, and not to mention he can't say that he. Oh, I didn't mean to. He stuck his fucking knee out. Like yeah. that's and again that it's that split decision, and that's such a shitbag move. Such yeah, a bag move, and as a, and I feel bad for Wierenski too. He can't I can't catch a break, and I heard it's not, you know, um, it's not like a serious right. injury, right. but still, just the fact that he's always catching these strays and he's always getting hurt like this, it's like he's gonna miss more time, right? And I, yeah, and especially for a team this year in Columbus that kind of honestly has high hopes, um, right? Fantilli with a point last night too. Congrats to him on his first NHL point, yeah. but. I mean, you're looking at a team in Columbus that has a bright future and could make some noise this year too, barring an injury to Zach Wierenski, which we saw last night. Um, thankfully, it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Yeah. Um, but it's it does suck to see because Columbus is an exciting team. Um, but yeah, Garnet Hathaway just... And you're right, the game is so fast. He probably didn't know in the moment that's what he did. But at the same time, you have to know what you're doing with your body. Yeah. Like... You, and, like, and not, I more so was saying the fact that he probably didn't look to see that it was Wierenski, nor, also, would, yeah, nor yeah. would that have even mattered. But like, right, again, right. yeah, you said it, you have to be in control of your body. Like yeah. that's, that's just a no, that's like across the league. I don't care what fucking league you play in, right? Yeah. Could be fucking mites all the way up to NHL. Knee on knee, dude, that, that's some bullshit. Yeah, you and, cannot do that. And you know he tried to he tried to go up to Wierenski and kind of tap him on the ass and whatever and and Wierenski was not having any of it. Yeah. And I don't fucking blame him, dude. He can't catch a break. And I think if he stays healthy and doesn't miss all this time, I think we're talking about a top ten defenseman. Yeah. In the NHL. Oh, hundred a hundred percent. And 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 uh, I actually I'm really really curious. But you can keep going. I'm just gonna look something up really quick. Yeah. No. And and honestly, we're to bring up uh, Columbus. Yeah, it's it sucks, man. It, it's a it's a shitty break yet again for this kid and for this organization. Um, they look like a good team, man. Like they they're another one. They're not going to be at the bottom this year. No. They they are going to compete night in and night out. And again, yeah, Adam Fantilli with his first uh, NHL point. Congrats to him. That was nice play. Um, you know, he, he kind of nice shot rebound. Um. So that it was a great play, but again, they're they're fun to watch. They're yeah. young. Johnny Goudreau is fun to watch. Patrick Line is fun to watch. Like yeah. 
This team is not a fucking dumpster fire. They're not, no. dude. They have Kent, fun dude, players Kent, to watch. Ken Johnson, Johnson yeah. Adam Fantilli. Um, yes. But the thing that I was just looking up to in terms of Wierenski, right? So he's played 417 um, career games. He's missed 239 due to injury. So this, and he's in his eighth season too. This is, I, I, he's either in his eighth or his ninth. Um, but regardless, that's a guy who just every year he's, he hasn't had a consistent year yet um, in terms of his health where he's able to put together a full complete season yeah. to really show what he's made of. And it sucks because you're a hundred percent right. That is a guy. If he's healthy, he is a top 10 defensive talent in the league. Yeah. Dude, it's, it's such a shitty. Cause again, yeah, we, you know, and I hope going forward, he can stay healthy because that's, that would be a real fucking disappointment, man. Like it's yeah. one of those, like what could have been, you know? Like, right. Right. That's exactly what that is. And yeah, sorry to get off tangent. I thought that was such bullshit. No, yeah, um, I mean, it's, it's a warranted conversation. Yeah. Um, another thing that got me fired up, man. So I, I, I'm trying to think of, like, some sort of segment that we could do at some point. I'm sure we'll we'll come up with something. Uh, man, there were some good, good fights this oh, week. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, My, yeah, dude. Let's oh. talk about Wi-Fi and Revo. Yes! Man. I was hoping Holy, you were going to bring that up. Dude, two, two of the – probably the biggest heavyweights at this point. Yeah, I think I mean Wi-Fi. He, we're talking. He's top five for sure fighters in this league. Oh yeah, and uh, I was getting comments on on my TikTok. Well, he didn't even do anything. Like all he did was was drive him into the net. Do you know how fucking strong you have to be to be able to move Ryan Reeves, push him back into the net? Do you know how fucking strong you have to be? To be able to do that? <laughs> Miss me with that bullshit. Yeah, no. Like, come on. Yeah, like and and man, the the hit Revo, like again, Revo's Revo, like he he plays the way he plays. Like, yeah, it was a questionable hit on uh Caden Gooley, and dude, as soon as Revo was going down, I know uh Jack guy already had his fucking gloves off. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, dude. dude, it was it was a good one, man. And then another one that comes to mind was uh L.A. Kings rookie and former Harvard guy too, uh, Alex Laferriere, dude. Yep. He yep, dropped him with one. Liam Liam O'Connor, who's no fucking slouch. Yeah, and he, dude, both he those like, guys can throw. He like fucking suplexed him. He yeah, knows he <laughs> you, can't, you can't convince me otherwise. He's taking and some notes from. Shout Joe out to Rogan. him, man. I and you know what, dude? My favorite thing, and even it, it reminds me of when Trent Frederick had his first fight. Yeah, seeing seeing his fan uh, Lefarius. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correct. Uh, he's a Harvard kid, so I, I would I'd feel bad about that. But just seeing his, you know, they they. They transition the camera to his family, and they are all fired up. Like he's just chucking bombs, and they're just like all. Do you remember when Freddie was? Uh, or was it Freddie? I think it was Freddie. Yeah, I think it was, it was when they Freddy panned over family. to his family, and they're like, "His old man was go. like, shut up." Yes, yes, yeah. I think that was Frederick. I think yeah. that was Frederick. Yeah, dude, and that's exactly what it reminded me of because immediately they put they put the camera on the family, and it was just awesome to see. Um, yeah, he dude, fired up dude. that crowd, man, and like they were loud. They they were fired up after that, rightfully so. Like, yeah, he, you know, he he's a rookie and NCAA, you know, hockey East kid. You love to see it. Yeah, and uh, just kind of jumping back to the Bruins too. Um, freaking Beecher after he yep. made his kind of questionable hit. 
Um, didn't even hesitate. He dropped the gloves. Um, he and Lucic, the Lucic was happy about it too. He said, um, this is a quote coming from Ty Anderson. Um, Lucic was quoted as saying, Beecher could use a little work fighting. I'll give him some pointers, but good to see him stick up for himself. So, I mean, who, who, better, who better to get advice from and, and, and fighting tips from, right? Right, right. And, um, I mean, it was awesome to see him drop the gloves too. And you could, like, because we were both there. We saw the whole thing unfold. Like, he made the hit. He was kind of standing around. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he was like, I'm going to have to drop Dick, him. Dickinson, Dickinson's a, he's a good fighter. Yeah. Uh, he's, you know, he's that guy for Chicago. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, he – we talked about it right after the game. I think what you and I were most excited for, obviously the win was great and everything. Um, just just the – him answering the bell on that, right? Because yep. he could have easily waited for, for a Lauko or, or a Lucic to come in for a big scrum, and then he goes to the box. No, he answered the bell right away. And it was just that, right? Yep. And he actually – Dickinson ended up getting more fucking penalty minutes on that than he did. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah, it, it was awesome to see. And and uh, he had said he got into a, a fight or two in Providence. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was awesome to see because he's a guy that yeah he can he can chuck him, but he can play as well. Yeah, dude. I think uh, just in terms of of us being Bruins fans, um, I think that this is going to be one of the most fun fourth lines that we are going to get to watch since the Merlot line. Dude, Lauko and Beecher are the fucking bash brothers. Oh my God. It is. Lauko is so fucking funny. It just every whistle, dude. But then this is the thing. They'll start getting into shit. And I noticed this a couple times. They'll start getting into some bullshit. And I'm sure Lauko's got some fucking hilarious chirps or whatever. (laughs) And then honestly, there's like a little scrum. And then Lucic just comes in and everyone separates. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like now nah, we're good. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like when, um, it's like when the, it's like when the siblings, when siblings are fighting and all of a sudden dad comes over there. No, we're no, everything's good. Yeah. Everything's fine. <laughs> no one's fighting. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, you know, when you, when you, you got like a bunch of puppies in the room and they're all just like bouncing around, like kind of nipping at each other and everything. And then the big, the big old dog <laughs> strolls in and everyone's like, Oh shit. Like we gotta stop. Yeah, we're <laughs> We're yeah, we're, we don't want any of that smoke. Yeah, dude, such a oh man, I'm I'm so happy uh, hockey's back and, and yeah, me too. I've been nonstop my ass on the couch from <laughs> 7 p.m. till the last game, and then I go to bed. And I've been watching like all of them. I've been trying to take in because man, this off season was brutal, right? Yeah. And I just I'm I'm trying to consume any hockey I can, and um, definitely want to. I'm gonna start so tonight. Gonna be headed to uh, UMass Amherst. Um, to see Michigan, which is pretty cool. I've, I've never watched, got to see them play. Yeah. Um, so we'll see that. I want to c- get some more college games. And that's something you and I should, you know, consider. Oh, yeah. Like there's there's teams that are so close to us that and, – and college hockey is unreal right now. Yeah. You know, and not to get off, uh, you know, switch subjects. But it's going to be fun to watch. And it's just so happy hockey's back. Yeah. Yeah, dude, me too. I, I can't be happier. Um. You know the the summer months without without hockey without you know uh, football. I don't care about basketball to be honest with you. I literally could not give a shit less about basketball. But in the, in the summer months when it's only baseball and like golf on the TV, I just kind of feel lost. <laughs> like what do I do with my life? Yeah. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to function. It's brutal, and like yeah, it's just and, and I used to be just a Bruin like. 
I'll watch the Bruins, whatever, and then go to bed. Yeah. Right. Seven o'clock. Usually they start now, dude. I've got every single game. I like every single game. I'll flip through all of them. Like if there's a yeah. commercial, say on the Bruins, no, I'm I'm going to the next game. <laughs> and yep. then, yeah. And then when it comes back on, I'll, I'll. There's not a not a moment where I'm not watching. You know, at this point. Right. Um, and and ESPN helps a lot with that too. Like the I was on the ESPN app all night last night, just kind of flipping back and forth between games. Like yeah. Sabers Sabers Rangers intermission. Go to the Devils. Um. Uh, Red Wings, and, yeah. and you know, just jump around like that. But yeah, dude, it's back. It's back. Hockey's Let's back, go. Man. Let's yeah. go. So that concludes episode 16 of Drop the Mitts Hockey Podcast, brought to you in partnership with Primetime Productions. Um, we do have an interview for you guys, a really special one. Um, uh, Gavin McCarthy, defenseman for the BU Terriers, um, brother of uh, Case McCarthy, uh, captain of BU. Um, he another great interview, dude. I, I love talking to these kids and, and just these, these players, just um, getting to know their upbringing, um, how they, how they started playing the game, their journey. Um, he's, he's a third round pick to the Buffalo Sabres and he's from Buffalo. Yeah. Right outside and played for the junior Sabres. It's one of those, you got, you got to listen to it. One of those stories where it's one of those like feel good stories, like, like, uh, storybook endings for him right yeah and uh so yeah he, it, it was cool he's talked about you know bu's upcoming year and, and all the all the high profile names dude that he we were talking about that that decor they have and my god dude it's like you're, you're like looking through the list and there's like nine and you're like okay are we rolling with nine defensemen or like yes. how's, how's this working but yeah yeah he uh you know took the time to talk to us about that and yeah, is there anything else that you got, buddy? Uh no, I'm just pumped. Super pumped that we have, you know, <laughs> nightly hockey to watch and, and real real, you know, stuff to talk about that um yeah. is just going to unfold over the next couple months. So, I'm pumped up and I'm ready to do this. Let's yeah. fucking go, baby. Definitely uh, you know, for all our listeners, definitely stay tuned. We've got some uh man, we've got some really 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 high profile people um, you know, scheduled to come on and um, we're, we're just so excited. This thing's kind of, gr- you know, it's growing and, um, you know, just, just super fun to talk hockey every week. Right. Um, so without further ado, uh, Boston university defenseman, Gavin McCarthy. Thanks guys. Thanks. Welcome back to another episode of drop the mitts hockey podcast brought to you in partnership with primetime productions. We have an awesome guest here. Um, Gavin McCarthy, defenseman for uh, Boston University, um, Buffalo Sabres prospect. Gavin, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, can't complain, man. I'm happy to have you on. Uh, obviously, we got a couple. Both of us are big BU fans. Um, so, yeah, we're fired up to have you on, uh, talk some hockey. And, uh, yeah, how, how's the offseason been? Uh, what have you been up to? Yeah, it's been great. Kind of just uh, training and everything. Uh, back into the swing of, th- swing of things now, obviously. So yeah, it's been great. Off season yeah, how, was was real good. So how's how's school been going for you so far? Uh, I'm in the same grind, man. I I wasn't ready to go back, and I uh, <laughs> it's definitely a struggle. How how is it going for you? Yeah, I've been online high school for I don't know the past couple of years since my sophomore year of high school. So and then uh, coming back to real school is definitely a a challenge. So yeah, I'm um, kind of just getting back into it is has been good so yeah so are you you're you're at bu right 
Yep. Yeah. So obviously, what was that transition like? Uh, you know, obviously you're a freshman. What what was that that transition like going to uh, being at college for the first time? Yeah, it's been good so far. I think we obviously have a really good group here. Um, practices have been super competitive. Uh, just trying to get better every day. Um, no lack of talent, that's for sure. And every practice has been a grind. And you know, it's it's so good to go against these special players and just makes yourself so much better. So. Yeah, you know, so my buddy Sully, obviously he couldn't be here for this interview, super bummed out. And uh, so he he wanted to leave me with a couple questions for you. Um, what what made you choose BU? Was it solely the fact that your your brother is there? Obviously he's the captain of that team now. Like what 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 led into that decision? Were there any other factors and were there any other schools in play? Uh yeah, I think I saw I saw BU's campus when I was super young, kind of following Case around. Um, so really it was the first college I've seen and kind of the behind the scenes look. So um, I think I kind of just fell in love with it when I was young. And then when I had the opportunity to come play here, I, it wasn't really, uh, it was a no brainer for me. So, yeah, dude. And you mentioned you got a loaded group, dude. Not, not only, you know, as a whole, obviously, but obviously we talk about that back end that you guys have you know obviously you got Weber you got your brother you got Tom Willander coming in obviously you got Lane Hudson yourself like talk to us about what it's like playing with those guys um and yeah just talk to us about that experience playing with that group yeah it's been it's been amazing uh definitely have some super good super good defenders back there and then um you know the competition's great obviously um kind of just competing for your ice time and everything it's it's nothing but the best back there. So um, it's been a great being around those guys, especially the older guys who, you know, have played in college hockey for a while. Just kind of taking tips from them is, has been amazing. So, yeah, we had, we got the chance to have uh, Ty Gallagher on too. And obviously he's unbelievable kid, unbelievable guy. Um, we know he's a great leader. How, how has he been uh, as a mentor for you? And obviously he's, you know, he's one of the older guys he's had success, uh, in the hockey East. what's it like been uh playing with that with him as well yeah it's been great uh i knew galley a little bit before bu just because of uh you know being around um and you know obviously he's a great person um great player and on and off the ice he's just an all-around guy so being around him kind of learning from him has been great um so obviously as far as the forward group goes um you got, you know, Celebrini coming in, who's, you know, obviously people are saying he's going to be, you know, the clear cut number one pick uh, behind another guy who just recently decided that he was going to come to BU as well in uh, Iserman. Talk to us about what it's been like going against that forward group. You, obviously, you're every day at practice defending these guys. Talk to us about this forward group at BU. Yeah, like I said before, kind of going against these guys every day in practice has made me a ton better, I know. Um, so it's, it's been amazing, you know, kind of just taking every rep, uh, you know, so serious, it's super competitive group and every drill is a battle against them. So it, it's been great. What, what was your initial reaction when you heard the news about, uh, about Iserman coming in? Obviously it, for us, like on the outside, it was kind of crazy to see this an already loaded BU group. And all of a sudden you're adding arguably a top two pick you know, in this upcoming draft, like what, what was the news? What was the buzz around the locker room? Like, have you guys had a chance to talk to him? Uh, no, I haven't talked to him yet, but 
Um, obviously, I was pretty shocked and uh, obviously super excited to kind of get a player of that caliber, um, add him to the squad, um, hopefully next year. So uh, super pumped. I know everyone was super pumped and shocked at the same time. So. Yeah, same reaction as us, dude. Like, as soon as mm-hmm. I had to look at my phone twice, and I was like, are you, like, <laughs> joking, dude? Like, and uh, so I kind of want to go back to talking about, you know, your relationship with your brother. Obviously, you're joining him now, you know, for BU. Do you guys ever have any, like, good battles? Do you guys ever go at it ever? Um, like, what's it like now playing with your brother? Yeah, obviously, growing up, kind of just battling against him yeah. um, on and off the ice. But, uh, yeah, it's been good so far. Obviously, like I said before, he's – He's played college hockey for a while now, and I kind of grateful that I can come here and play with him. And just uh, he's given me so much advice already, and we're only a month in, so uh, I'm super grateful for that, and I uh, can't wait to keep learning from him. Yeah, what well, I mean, what better person to learn from, right, than than the person yeah, you grew exactly, up with, your exactly. best friend? Like that's unreal, man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wanted to talk to you. It, it was crazy. I saw, I knew you were drafted by Buffalo. Um, I went on Elite Prospects, all that. I didn't realize that you played for the Buffalo Junior Sabres, which <laughs> makes this even more wild and, like, just a dr- must be a dream come true for you. Like, obviously, you're, you know, it's you're from Clarence Center, New York. Um, you've called New York your home pretty much your entire life. Like, and then finally you get to hear your name called. Um 86th overall um to the buffalo sabers like dude talk to us about that like what was the preparation like leading up to the draft and then ultimately the day of the draft talk to us about you know what that experience was like yeah it was for it was surreal for sure um kind of just sitting up there uh, a little anxious to hear your name called obviously but um at that point it's an uncontrollable you can't really can't really do anything about it so um, I would have been grateful for anyone to take me um, to be there is super special, but um, to be drafted by Buffalo is just that much more special. And uh, went down to the table and saw some familiar faces down there, uh, right. guys I saw around the rink as a as a youth hockey player. So um, yeah, it was definitely amazing. And then going to Dev Camp was obviously super special too. Um, being back at that rink with a with an actual Sabres jersey on was was something um i won't forget so that's so wild dude like i I can't even that's it's like the picture perfect ending you know what i mean like obviously (laughs) you you can't even make that shit up like it's just it's so cool to see um obviously you know you mentioned you got to you got the chance to go play in that in that rink again like what what was development camp like what were were some of your takeaways um you know playing with those other guys a part of the sabers organization yeah, uh, just like I said here at BU, I'm kind of going against uh, special players every day, um, trying to learn as much as you can in the short period of time that you're there, um, take everything in from the coaches um, and skills coaches there. Um, you're only there for on the ice for a couple of days, so uh, you really have to absorb it all and um, kind of just take it all in. Yeah, you know, we, we talk about a lot of the on-ice things, but a lot of the people that I've talked to, their biggest takeaways were the off ice things, you know, the nutrition, the, the workouts, the, for you, what were the, some of the big takeaways for on ice or sorry, off ice stuff? Yeah, it was the nutrition, like you said, was huge. Um, kind of, we did some workshops there at Dev- development camp, um, gained a lot of insightful information um, on kind of how to fuel your body game week and even like recovery days. So um, that was huge. Um, and then the workouts were obviously super good. Um, you know, we, we only did a couple, but, uh, you, you definitely took a lot away from them 
um, learned a lot on how to same thing as nutrition, shoot your body on game week and uh, even recovery days. So um, the off ice was amazing. Just being around those people um, for that week was was definitely uh, super helpful. And I took a lot away from it. So we uh, so we had the chance to have Zach Benson on. He was one of our like first. I'm, I'm pretty sure he was like one of our first interviews we ever did. It was tra- it was bad for us on our part. Um, <laughs> did you did you ever get the chance? Did you meet him while you were there? Like he's such a character, man. And uh, obviously, I this past I was at the Prospect Challenge in Buffalo, which again, Buffalo is such an underrated city, and I think it catches a lot of slack. Like I don't think the people who talk a lot of shit about Buffalo have actually been there. Um, because man, we had some of the best wings that I've ever had, like, oh my, unbelievable. Um, yeah. so did you ever get the chance to meet, uh, Zach? And, and if so, like, talk to us about him, dude, he's such a character. Yeah. Actually funny story. Um, kind of after the draft, we were flying back from Nashville and I was obviously with my whole family cause everyone was going back to Buffalo and uh zach was on our flight so that was just kind of the first time i met him walking onto the plane uh just introduced myself real quick and then uh hung out hung around him kind of at development camp he's obviously a super good person and then on the ice he's an even better player so being around him but was great did he shave the mullet at that point i hope he wasn't still wearing that cowboy hat either dude yeah, yeah, yeah. He he had the mullet, but the cowboy He's, hat was lost. So well, yeah, that that thing was long gone, dude. On Broadway. Yeah. Um, so that that was your development camp experience. Um, Elite Prospects has you listed as a for whatever this means, part robust def, uh, defender, part clever creator, who throws crushing hits as well as eliminate off puck threats. Um, you know, for the people that don't know that what the hell that means talk to us about some strengths in your game you know some some areas in your game you really take pride on and then some areas um that you've been working on improving this offseason yeah I think I'd describe myself as a two-way defender uh I think I take a lot of pride in my defense and kind of killing plays whether it's off the rush or just in zone and then kind of transitioning that puck north as fast as possible um I think that's a huge part of my game kind of just moving pucks um and then getting better i think i still need to get stronger um obviously it's a new level college hockey um so kind of just continuing to build strength and go against these older bigger guys will will be beneficial so yeah for sure man and and obviously um we know how loaded the hockey east is i mean that's just the hockey east itself not to mention the entire college hockey world um you guys opened the season this uh saturday against bentley um what are your expectations for this season? I know that might be a stupid question. Obviously, you want to win a national championship. Um, you know, I sound like Jack O'Callaghan there in Miracle, but like, to, what are what are your expectations for yourself um, as well as the team? Like for you know for the season. Yeah, I think it's kind of the same for myself as the rest of the team. Kind of just go into the rink every day and get better. Um, take it one day at a time, and then um, you know that'll lead to bigger goals for us and. Obviously, the the biggest thing is winning. So um, that's obviously we're on everyone else's radar, kind of um, the rest of the country. We're going to get all of their best games. So um, I think we just have to focus on going to the rink and, like I said, get better every day. So, yeah, man, on, honestly, you guys are it's so anti- like such an anticipated season for you guys. Um, we're all fired up for it. You know, this is probably one of the most loaded BU rosters I've seen. Um, you know, in recent times and uh, 
obviously I wish you guys nothing but the best this season. I wish you nothing but the best this year. Um, best of luck to you. And I, I, I know you'll rip it up, dude. Thank you again for coming on. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, man. That was Gavin McCarthy uh, of the Boston University Terriers, um, Buffalo Sabres prospect. Um, unbelievable interview. I, I can't thank him enough. And obviously Sully is, you know, pretty pissed that he couldn't be here for this one. But um, we can't thank Gavin enough. And uh, that is Drop the Mitts Hockey Podcast brought to you in partnership with Primetime Productions. We'll see you next time, guys. Thank you.